Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Thanks for joining us today. In the booth today, it's myself, Clint Walkner, and Mitch. And we're just going to talk a little bit more about some of the changes that are afoot here in the UW system, particularly around the 403B plan. So there's a huge announcement that I think actually kind of went under the radar. Um, and I found it actually uh, kind of buried. And I was surprised that it wasn't as uh, well covered. I figured the media would have picked it up a little bit more. But um, overall, though, they have a pretty big change going on in the 403B system that we wanted to make uh, people aware of and give our take on the situation since we have an extensive amount of expertise here, uh, being that we have worked with UW system people for um, since the inception of our firm and even before that when uh, Nate and I worked at UW Credit Union's Investment Services. So um, basically, there are two different uh, programs, Mitch, and I'll, I'll have you go through the two programs in the UW system uh, and just give a little primer on that real quick, and then we can get uh, deep into what is going on in the program and the changes that are going to impact people. So Mitch, uh, the two sides of the retirement plan that employees can contribute to are as follows. Well, you could also add really three, because one you're required to be in, right? In pension, so yep. Most of people are in the Wisconsin retirement system, which that's just automatic. You're 6.75%, I think, in the, the latest year is what the contribution is. As an employee, you get the employer match, boom, it goes in the pension plan, right? So that's where you get the, the annual statement from ETF, the Employee Trust Funds Group. And that's the the traditional pension for all intents and purposes. We're talking 403B here. So 403B is where a lot of the changes occurred. And then another supplemental plan could be a deferred comp plan, which is treated a little bit differently from an IRS perspective. But most UW system employees have a lot of options at their fingertips. The enhancements and, and changes are coming particularly around the 403B. So as it currently stands, you have the option of participating in the 403B. You can have salary deducted from your, your paycheck and go in on a tax-deferred basis, or depending on which platform you're currently on, you can do a Roth option as well. And really, the UW system, there's this 403B program, but then as it currently stands, then through the rest of the year, essentially, there's five options. And you could do it through TIA, we see a lot of, we see Fidelity, uh, Prize, Lincoln, I'm missing one, Clint. T. Rowe Price. T. Rowe Price, thank you. And essentially, there's this committee that, that came together and met and said, how do we, A, simplify the offerings, right? So instead of all these employees that have, holy cow, one, I have to determine if I'm even going to utilize a supplemental program or not. Okay, well, do I do 43B? Do I do 457? Let's say I decide on the 43B. Then from there, you have five additional options, yeah, that's just, and then that's from there, too. And then from there, there's different investment options depending on if you're at TIAA or Fidelity. So this committee said, we need to clean this up. We need to standardize. We're going to essentially put requests for proposals out to all these institutions. And they're the same ones, essentially, that they put the request for proposal out. And whoever came back with the most streamlined process, competitive fee structure for all the UW system employees, they came down to... Uh, it was five, like I said, and then it's now going to be going to um, TIAA or Fidelity. So yeah, then just two. that'll be your options. Yeah. And, and you know, 
we take a small step back. 403Bs are strange because as you alluded to, you get to choose your provider. In most cases, when you go to a 401k plan, in almost every case, when you go to a, a more of a traditional, say, 401k plan, which would be, um, you know, people that are working for private, privately held companies, um, you know, or publicly traded companies, but not public employees, uh, they would have a 401k plan. And that 401k plan gets selected uh, by, you know, a group of people that are on a committee usually, and they'll select one provider, and that one provider has a list of funds, and you don't get to go beyond that. So if, you know, that provider gets gets selected, uh, you have those funds and those funds only, and there's no real choice. But in an oddity, around 403Bs, uh, what happened was is that these school districts and universities had a variety of different um, providers, and you would have, you know, sometimes there would be 15 different providers in some of these plans. And so it's very onerous from a record keeping perspective and also a salary reduction perspective. So these HR departments and business departments, um, it becomes a frustrating thing. So over the years, you've seen these providers narrow. So instead of being, you know, 10 providers, it finally got brought down to five, you know, in the, in the UW system now, we've now just gone down to two. And I think the most important thing to take away is the platform is really the same, whether you select TIAA or Fidelity from the standpoint of uh, funds. They are merely acting as record keepers now, which is very interesting. Uh, they're not actually using even any of their own funds in the program, aside from uh, maybe TIAA's fixed account. So I, I found that to be the most fascinating part of what's going on is that they've really narrowed it down to be uh, very 401k-like. Oh, for sure. So going forward, starting January 1st of 2022, if you're a UW employee that's participating in the 403b, you will have a more standardized options like Clint is alluding to here. And you'll see a lot of recognizable funds. You'll see Vanguard funds in there, a lot of low-cost index type product funds in, in the lineup. But then of course you'll have your target date retirement funds, which is pretty common already in, in a lot of 403B pan plans and, and certainly 401k plans. So you'll see a lot of Vanguard, a lot of low cost funds. And they'll, if, you know, if a target date fund isn't right for you, you can have some other options. If you want to tilt your portfolio towards us stocks, great. You'll be able to do that or even more international, let's say on the flip side. So you can still have some some customizable options. And then the other thing, which we're, we're kind of waiting for a little more information on, is the, the brokerage window. So that's another thing that right now, the as of this recording at least, the, the program enhancement website for the UW403B doesn't give us all the details on the brokerage window, but that's going to be an opportunity potentially where you can utilize funds, let's say if you're using Fidelity, <clears throat> funds that are just available for pretty much any, any investor on a publicly traded platform um, to access. So that'll be kind of fun and exciting to see what options are available to UW 403B participants at that point in time too. So we're going to be on the lookout for that and we're going to try to provide updates, whether it's through blogs or additional, maybe we'll do another podcast. I don't know. We'll do another podcast. We'll have communications, um, check the website to, to be on the lookout for updates here, but that'll be something exciting to be on the lookout for as well. I would venture, I guess, that it's just going to be offered in the Fidelity platform because they're a brokerage uh, company, but we'll we'll see on that. Uh, and then I, I did find it interesting that 
they're utilizing a lot of, you know, like you said, Mitch, a lot of Vanguard funds in there. And uh, it kind of does mirror the Wisconsin Deferred Compensation Program in that they're, they have a bunch of index funds, they have a bunch of Vanguard in the name, and then they do offer a suite of more actively managed funds as well. So I, I actually really like how they constructed this. I, I think they've given a little something for everybody in this plan. They've given you your index funds if you want a super low cost option. They give you some active management if you want to just try to eke out a little extra rate of return or play some uh, more esoteric investments. And then they have your target retirement date fund for the people that you know, don't want to do any of that work and they still want good asset allocation and something that gets more conservative over time as it gets closer to their retirement date. So uh, there's a lot to like here. Um, I think the streamlining is a great idea from the UW system perspective, uh, from the participants perspective. I think it's, it's a win-win-win overall. Um, if I had a request to them, it would be that they would be a little more friendly towards advisors. Um, you know, generally advisors have a tougher time working with them. Uh, we have a pretty good relationship with TIAA. Um, and so we do manage some client assets through there more directly on a discretionary basis, meaning that we can uh, direct the trades. Uh, but you know, I do wish that they would work with fee only investment advisors, uh, on a better level and allow us to, you know, receive compensation from the plan and, uh, be able to allow to help participants. Uh, that remains to be seen whether that's offered. I think that's probably doubtful. Uh, but that still, uh, we have the ability to assist uh, people in selecting funds and, and managing those. So, you know, I, I think our capabilities will be uh, even better from the perspective of investments because they've really focused on lowering the cost there. And I think that that's, that's a great thing for the participants. Another interesting thing to, to be on the lookout for too is right now, and if you're in the TIAA 403B, for example, there's this guaranteed product, which is good in a way because they can guarantee an interest rate that's credited to your, your account, depending on how much of your portfolio course is, is allocated towards that particular fund. But a lot of people don't realize the trade-off of having a guarantee. And that trade-off is usually while well, your funds are basically locked up for 10 years. It's actually closer to a nine-year period currently. Um, if you're to quit UW, retire, leave, go somewhere else. Let's say you want to roll over your 403B. That guaranteed amount is stuck there and it only has to be paid out over, like I said, a nine to 10 year period if you were to roll your funds over. Now, one of the changes, it looks like Fidelity also has a, a guaranteed type of product. So depending on which one you go to, part of the things that we're going to have to help our clients understand and, and prospective clients for that matter is if we're utilizing some of these options, what are some of the trade-offs? They can be good, they can be bad, but does it actually make sense for you in your particular situation? So there's going to be a little bit more research too into how that works on the Fidelity side probably going forward as well. Yeah, and I noticed that the TIA, when I looked into it, it said something about five years. Um, and I'm not sure whether that is in whether that's going to be um, implemented or whether or not that was just an error um, in what they put up. So we'll have to get out to everybody when we find out more clarity on that. But it's possible that they uh, shrunk that period to holding period only to five years. Now, I don't know what sort of impact that'll have in the interest rate. Uh, you know, it might be a lower interest rate there because you're not guaranteeing it as long. So we'll, it remains to be seen and we'll keep you updated on that. I think one of the important things too is if you have a 403B with one of the providers, you know, say you have a 403B with T. Rowe Price, you know, what do you do as a participant? And, uh, you know, you've got a number of different options, but logistically, 
you know, if you want to consolidate everything with one carrier, there's a little, there's a couple hoops that you'll probably likely have to jump through in getting those funds over to TIA or Fidelity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and basically the way that the program communications page is set up right now, they say continue to look for future updates, right? So there's going to be more specific action items for you as a participant as we go throughout the fall here. So before you know it, you'll be in open enrollment period when it comes to insurance and things like that. But along that line as well is, is by January 1st, some of these changes will have to be made, right? Whether it's, hey, I'm going to switch everything over to one provider, let's say it's Fidelity from here on out, or what do I actually do with what's still over at Lincoln or T. Rowe Price, like Clint was saying. Right now they're saying there's no immediate action. And this is as of early September of, of this podcast, but as of right now, as recording, there's no immediate action other than start to educate yourself have a conversation with someone like Clint or myself or anybody at our firm for that matter, and just start thinking about how might these changes affect what I'm doing. And, and there's, there's some things too that, that won't change. Like for example, as, as far as we know, 457 plan is going to be the 457 plan. You're at empower. If you're already contributing to it, great. That will continue as is. We're really focusing on the 403B here. And it looks like if you need to do a transfer, say you have money through T. Rowe Price, you want to send it over to Fidelity or TIA, you can have a tax-free transfer done. Um, and it does depend a little bit on your options, depend on whether or not you are still an employee or not. So if you are retired, you have a few different options. You, if you're retired or you're, uh, you've separated for service and moved on to a different job, uh, your assets will essentially be frozen at this uh, place. You can't make any contributions. You couldn't anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, and then you can transfer them to one of the other providers inside of the plan. Um, you know, either you could transfer it to TIA or Fidelity, or you could roll it to an IRA. Now, if you're an active participant, you have uh, to stay within the ecosystem of the 403B. So, for example, you will, you know, if you have a T. Rowe Price ex account in this example and you wanted to transfer those assets, you could do so by filling out a transfer form from them into Fidelity or TIA. A word of warning there, because I'm going through the process with a couple different clients, that if you choose one of the insurance providers, um, there's Lincoln and Ameriprise. Um, Ameriprise, the forms are particularly onerous, and uh, they require their own transfer form, as well as the transfer form of, say, TIA or Fidelity. In this example, we did a transfer from TIAA. We're doing a transfer from Lincoln. I'm sorry, a transfer from Ameriprise to TIAA, and uh, it requires TIAA's transfer form and Ameriprise transfer form. Then we had to fill out a TIA application, and it takes a long time. So uh, just beware of that uh, because they don't, they're not great at communicating with you. A lot of times you do these transfers, so you have to stay on top of them and make sure that it's getting done. And a lot of times they won't release the information us, even being financial advisors, because um, they're, we're not the client. So, you know, it does involve uh, a lot of work, um, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. It just means that it can kind of be a pain sometimes. Hopefully I haven't lost anybody because the amount of times I've said TIA, T-Row Price, you know, and, and we speak this because we deal with these companies a lot, <laughs> but um, that's part of the reason why UW is standardizing, right? And then the other little thing about this is they're just changing the name of the program too. So from an IRS perspective, from how it's treated from a taxability perspective, it's a 403B currently, it will be a 403B going forward. However, your employer renamed it. So it is not the UWTSA, which was uh, tax sheltered annuity 
um, 403B plan. It is now the, well, going forward, I should probably say, it is the Supplemental Retirement Plan Program. Excuse me, Supplemental Retirement Program, SRP. So just another little thing to be to be on the lookout for is in the spirit of consolidation and trying to simplify, they actually just changed the name along the way as well. So well, it's a better name. It, it makes more a, sense. It makes more sense because, uh, you know, T row price and, uh, fidelity and even in a way TIA in a way is not really a tax sheltered annuity. Now it's, yeah. There's a lot of technicalities around this. What you should know is that most insurance carriers uh, that are doing this, and, and TIA is an insurance carrier, but they're a super low-cost insurance carrier. Uh, Lincoln and uh, Ameriprise are insurance carriers in these plans, and they are quite expensive. So that's part of the reason why I think they're uh, you know, kind of moving away from those providers is that they, they had, um, I will call them financial advisors in quotes, um, you know, running these uh, plans uh, for the participants and lo and behold, they were a lot more expensive in most cases. So, um, you know, I think this is the a win for everybody involved, except for maybe the insurance advisors. Yeah. Except for the ones that are losing out. <laughs> they are losing out. <laughs> I feel so bad for them. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there's going to be a lot of exciting changes. Like I said, we're going to keep you all posted. So continue to tune into our podcast, check out the website. Cause the other thing, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, I'm, I'm speaking out loud here, maybe slightly off script, but there, there will be Roth options, but do we know if there'll be a Roth on TIAA and Fidelity? I believe the answer to that's yes. Okay. Yep. I, I believe I saw that someplace. Um, so I, I would see no reason why they wouldn't. So I, I would believe that both of them would, would have that. And I would, you know, insist to anybody on the committee that that would be, you know, put in there. That's, I see no reason that, not to. You'd think that'd be a requirement as they are going forward, putting those requests out, but yeah, part of the record keeping. I mean, mm-hmm. essentially, like we said before, TIA and Fidelity are merely going to be record keepers. So they're, they're going to earn their money through basically keeping track of participants. And that's about it because they're not using their own funds. Right. Which is the most interesting part of this. So they're actually the services that are provided by those companies are, are fairly minimal. Yeah. So you probably will have a Roth option in both, but we'll, we'll confirm that yeah. at a future date. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, thanks for sitting down and uh, listening to this. And, you know, if you guys have any questions on uh, the 403B, just feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we're pretty well versed in this field. So, um, you know, hopefully we can give you a hand with anything. And, and uh, you know, a lot of our clients have these plans too, and, and we incorporate them into their overall asset allocation and financial plans. So thanks for joining us on another episode of Give Me Some Truth. Walker Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walker Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and is not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific security investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed.
Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.